0: Welcome to an all new interval on the Super Metal Brothers channel. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And
1: I'm Super Brother Dan.
0: And we have a very, very special guest with us today all the way from Melbourne, Australia. He's a band called I are the Enemy. This is Mitch Alexander. Mitch, say hello to your friendly and loving audience.
2: G'day, guys. But they... I want to make it clear From the start I didn't travel to Adelaide From Melbourne not...
0: <laughs> Oh now all our three listeners Have been really unimpressed <laughs> With this I reckon yeah, I'm not that special This podcast isn't that big so not... <laughs> not yet <laughs> our, our,
2: yes. our budget was blown On stickers so We are not have money left in there <laughs> oh, That's the first thing Bands always do Is it's like We should just get stickers And then you just see Stickers in like Pub toilets Across the entire city <laughs> It's like I fucking hate this band I've not seen you guys yet And I hate
0: Yeah, Yeah, as long as we make an impression, that's the best thing we can do for our name right now when it comes to branding, so... I used, to,
2: I used to do that with the stickers one of my first bands we were real obnoxious like a noise core sort of band and we just took it everywhere but I used to put our band stickers on the like in the bowl of the toilet oh, where no, you can nice. piss right on <laughs> them <That's
1: laughs> and I thought that was the
2: funniest thing I could do
0: with yeah. our stickers so the cleaners would <laughs> be happy
1: So the cleaners like instead of people piss all over the place they got something to aim at so I think yeah, yeah. kind of service <laughs> cleaners toilets <laughs> yeah, normally they put like, was a ping pong balls instead but you still got like a sticker so that's not bad so Mitch yeah,
0: we're but... going to take a fry from the very very top and we want you to introduce to anyone who doesn't know, Eye of the Enemy, I feel sorry for him, but we're going to catch him up to speed straight away. So, tell us about yourself yep. and uh, the band itself. I'm a I'm a Melbourne-based
2: uh, philosopher, f- vocalist, comedian. I guess is m- what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I joined Eye of the Enemy about uh, two years ago now. So, I waited for a band to get established and then joined them. That was Smart. great. Philosopher. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's been doing that for about two years. We went over to Asia last year. We did, we've supported, uh, since I've been in the band, we've done Fear Factory, Bellacore, and a few other bits and pieces around the place. And before me, I think there was like those Children of Bodom, there was At The Gates a couple of times, it was shit like that. And I suppose the easiest way to describe the sound, I guess, is melodic death metal mixed with the new wave of American heavy metal. Bands like that, so like The Shadows Fall, Lamb of God. Yep sort of stuff mixed with, um, yeah, I suppose. I think it's European melodic or European death metal melodic death metal. I don't know. I don't like either of those genres, so we don't f- in the band.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. Actually, it's funny. We have a young listeners listening to us every week, mostly called Super Metal Brother Dan, but he wants to know how a band can actually get to go overseas to play with some of these bigger artists. Do they need to establish themselves here first or is it just good to, like, market yourself with a label or something? What do you do?
2: I think it's um with the, with the overseas stuff you don't want to burn the bridge too quick. Like you, you, you can go over there. I mean, like a lot of the online, um, the way it works now is that like, you can just get in touch with anyone and you can find promoters at most levels to give you a shot, but you really don't want to go over there unless you're fucking good enough to actually do it. Cause you just get to burn all the bridges and it word travels really quick, especially in like the smaller markets. Like we hooked up with a guy through, um, Singapore, um, who helped us organize the rest of the tour around Asia. And if we blew one of those gigs or if we were, you know, six months in and very obviously not good, then they'd never have us back. And some people do guarantees as well. So you can pay to get onto a bigger uh, show. You can do, um, you can do it yourself and you can do smaller shows, whatever sort of works. But even in those cases, if you're not good enough, you should, you should work on the show first and be really super confident that you can actually pull it off and then go over there and see if you can. But you got to actually, you know, establish yourself first as well. On the on the term, on terms of like social currency, the overseas tour won't mean shit if you haven't done anything in Australia. Ba- like bands and the people in this industry here know, so you can you can go overseas and you can go. Hey guys, we did China, we did twelve dates here, and you go back and it's like, well, we don't care. We know you're an opening band. We've seen you. You guys suck. You need to actually get better first. So yep. in terms of the in terms of the, the logistics, though, it really is just a matter of like. Asking around, doing research, we found some guys through other bands, some guys on our own, some people were recommended to us, and it just sort of spirals from there. Ah, right. That's that's the easy part. Like, actually teeing it up is the easy part. It's just time-consuming, like figuring out flights and whatnot. Oh, yeah. That's a piece of piss. But getting the, I suppose, the moral side of it, or the, I don't know what you'd call it, the...
1: Nitty-gritty? Nothing. Yeah, like that, That just uh, the, the X factor. Ooh, <laughs> oh, no.
2: Whether you should actually go or not yeah uh, if you're being honest with yourself you know if your band's good enough or not yeah it's uh, basically like
0: having your chips all in like once you what you said before is like kind of getting them all to the table but then yeah. it's like throwing it in and that's where for a lot of people it can mean like you said time money resources but Danny, yeah, exactly. what, what do you want to say man
1: i guess yeah like the record was i guess swimming with the sharks and Patterns of Bane Records have they, I guess, assist you in all of these international ventures. How Honestly, do you know? I don't know. I
2: stay out of the business side of shit. Wow. Okay. We've got, okay. Our, we've, got our, we've got our manager to do it, and she also manages me with comedy, and she's a fucking godsend. Wow. And I just I let her do that sort of stuff because it's just I used I used to do it, and I do like doing it, but a band of our the enemy size, like stepping into that for me, there was no need for me to start doing that again in this band, and so they just tell me where I sort of need to be, what I need to do, and I do it.
1: It's the best. So you imagine, because she's both your, I guess, comedy side and your band side, does she make you like open up for your own band as well? <laughs> <laughs> I would I would do that.
2: Yeah, so we were doing the, me and a friend were doing comedy at the Dead of Winter Festival and um, we, like the, the show was just sh- like shit for comedy. It was, a, it was a great festival. I really do love it. But the way it was set up, it was just not good for comedy whatsoever. There was like bands not 50 meters away sound checking and uh. whatnot. So we decided to get hammered before our sets, and I got up there and just yelled abuse at the crowd for oh. a good 10 minutes or so. And it, people were enjoying it. Like it was, it, it felt, it suited the metal vibe. But okay. someone someone took umbrage with it, and I said something to the effect of, uh, No one's had a beard that shit since Journey were famous, or something like that. Oh, that's right.
0: fairly good. That's a good
2: strong and, joke, man. It, but I mean, it also doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It I don't the understand. Best of both <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so this guy, like, put his beer on the stage in, like, a, like, I'm going to make a point sort of gesture, like, and then stepped back and pointed his finger at me. So I just kicked my beer on him. Oh, <laughs> and so, you're going with was, it. <laughs> it was funny. So he jumped on stage, and we wrestled for a bit, and I kept talking and making jokes into the mic. What? Um,
1: oh commentating your fight. <laughs> well, I, I was just making jokes about it. smashed
2: myself in the face with the mic oh, no. <laughs> and then ended up pinning him until security came but still talking into the mic oh, making shit. jokes.
1: shit. That's good. That's <laughs> it was real. so dumb.
2: It was amazing.
0: No, it's, it's funny because that reminds us of one of the most metal things we've seen in a comedy act and that would have to be the Bill Burr in Philadelphia, Danny.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Are you familiar with Bill Burr at all, I,
2: Yeah, I've seen I've that exact clip where yeah. he just he goes out in the crowd of booing and by the end of it, he's turned it and they're all cheering because he's just ripping shreds off of all of them yeah. for like five minutes. Yeah. It's Cause, brutal.
0: Cause basically the, to set the premise for anyone listening, basically there's this gig and they went the crowd went there not to get entertain from the comedians, but just to heckle. And by the time Bill Badger had, <laughs> had enough of the crowd, and so he comes out, you're all a bunch of losers, Rocky isn't even real. Three minutes, well, I got three minutes through. Minutes. And but like, like you said, by the end of it, everyone was uh, flipped over and were entertained, and yeah, and that put him over as a legend. I mean, he was always been a, a stand up comedian. He's amazing, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I do
2: think coming from the metal scene, it's like uh, helped me. It's helped, it's helped me sort of get used to hecklers because the metal scene can be fucking brutal, mm. and. It also, like, I enjoy those crowds in comedy probably because I enjoy the energy and confrontation of Metal Geeks. Like, I like mosh pits. I like circle pits and walls of death and all that dumb shit. And so in comedy, I try to, as best I can, make my shows... Like that, right? And so having a heckler or someone like that, and someone to lay into—it's just the comedy equivalent of a breakdown or something.
1: Yeah, wow, okay. Ah,
2: and good point. and like I, I really enjoy that. I know like a, a lot of comedians fucking hate it, and I still do hate. I hate the idea of hecklers, but it's still there is something fun about laying into someone and it working.
0: There and are- sometimes I go out of
2: my way to and antagonize a crowd, and I'm really going to stop doing that. It's <laughs> okay. fun. It's fun.
0: There's actually guys who we really respect in the comedy. Uh, who's that guy? With the Blackheads, any? Yeah, the metal guy, Steve Hughes. Can't remember. Whatever. He,
2: yeah, he started the Sydney Death Metal scene. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then fucked
2: off and became a super successful comedian.
1: Yeah, he's so, done quite whatever. well for himself. Do you get any inspiration from that guy? I guess. <laughs> um, I did back in
2: the day, like the the Bill Hicks, Steve Hughes, sort um, of you know rebel leather jacket comedian. Sure. Yeah. Um, not not so much these days, but. Like, I still I still, I still love watching him work, but doing comedy ruins it for you.
0: Yeah, actually you touched on something really interesting, which I want to go back to now, about the metal scene in Melbourne, how you said it was pretty brittle and stuff. But what we can definitely say is, right now in Adelaide, we're starting to notice some big movements, like 12 Foot Ninja, Alarm, Vanishing Point, Frankenbop, even Blood Duster. These guys are making headways, especially with us in particular. Is it yeah. making headways with you guys in Melbourne as well, or do you find that they're going outside and then coming back later? Like, how does it feel?
2: Yeah, it, it is weird. I think, like, the best example is um, the Viscaris. Cause they were mainstays of the Melbourne scene, and I don't know if you guys know about them, but they're like a they're a six piece um, art black metal prog band with a violinist.
0: You know what? Um, oh, actually, sorry to cut you up, but uh, we just saw Metal Obsession put their last album over Citadel as the most influential album, I think, or one of the yeah. greatest albums of the last decade. Over yeah. the Satanist of Behemoth. So yeah, continue, yeah, man.
2: Well, it's just, it's 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 weird because, like, on paper, that band, they shouldn't be successful. And just by the type of music they do, they shouldn't actually be getting as big as they are and snowballing as quick as they are, but they're fucking good live. They are fantastic musicians, amazing songwriters. And, I'm like, I've known them for years. I've known them when one of their guitarists didn't have a visa to get back in the country and they were thinking about not releasing Citadel. They were thinking about, although one before it, um, they were thinking about not, like, being a band anymore if they couldn't have him. And to see them go from that to where they are now, where they'll only do maybe like one or two Australian tours and it's at the Hi-Fi or the Max Watts venue... And what seems to sort of happen is the same thing with Twelve Foot Ninja is like when they're in the scene and they're doing well, we notice it. Like all the other people in the scene notice these bands swell up, and then you like bands that can either fall off or you think they fall off. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, what's Neil with the stars doing? I haven't heard from them in a while. Oh, they're doing headline tours across the America for three and a half weeks, and then they're doing seven weeks with who are they going over with some big. Uh, death metal band
1: uh, like, yeah. Yeah. so
2: they, they just fall off and I was like oh I only hear about them now because they're super successful and they're outside of the scene yeah. so there seems to be the like the bands and the underground fans and that's at a certain level and then there's the people that only go out to three shows a year And though that's the market you need to reach, that's what Twelve Foot Ninja have just hit. They got they just got number six on the ARIA charts, number two on the Australian ARIA charts. It's fucking insane.
1: Yeah, they're going out with
2: Disturbed. It's like I'm not going to see them at the Bendigo. I'm not going to see them at the tiny little venues anymore. So I don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good point. Because we actually, when we visited Melbourne last time, we realized that you guys are actually started to have like Melbourne nightclubs, like for metal and stuff. And you're actually having like a little bit of your um, uh, pub scene going quite well. In LA, with the opposite, we were actually losing um, clubs yeah. and stuff. Are you starting to find now with lockout laws and stuff like that, it's making an effect? Or are you guys still reigning in? No, hard? I think we're
2: still good. Um, just because of the, the, I think it's population. Like we've just, right. we've just got the population to sustain. A heap more venues and maybe the culture for it, maybe not. I, I don't know because it is interesting because I know AJ was um, bitching about Adelaide and the ticket sales there, and um, I think it was Destroyer Lines were complaining about the Cannibal Corpse tour they brought out a little while ago, and people always seem to say like, "Oh, you, of course you can make it happen. You can make Adelaide work. It's a matter of you know X, Y, and Z." But it's just weird that being in the comedy scene, I'm also seeing the same thing. Podcasts, like live podcasts are always complaining about Adelaide ticket sales and about how people aren't coming out to live shows there anymore. People were complaining about the Adelaide fringe this year and how it's changed and how ticket sales are down and different. And I think not a lot of people are looking at the socioeconomic factors of Adelaide and South Australia and how you guys are getting totally fucked and just the last like five, six years have sucked for you guys. And it's like, yeah, people don't want to spend money on frivolous shit. Yeah. They want to see me talk about my dick for an hour on stage. Like, yeah, I've got a mortgage. Yeah, <laughs> I saw
1: that special last year and I didn't get anything new from it. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's funny though because yeah, you actually touched on something else because obviously uh, with your climate and stuff the way it is, like, every time I go to Melbourne, it's kind of like raining. It's kind of like a black metal film clip in a sense and I guess that would be great <laughs> for metal, you know. Uh, Adelaide, look, it's generally pretty pleasant. Um, it's pretty sunny and nice, it's yeah. It's always yeah. sunny and nice and maybe that's a problem. Like, There's always in contributing factors. So you that's touched. On I like the, the-,
2: uh, the hardcore scene in Adelaide there's a band there called um, a ghost orchestra they're really fucking good ghost they're doing a lot of stuff with um, Jack Jack Stripper and yeah that's fun
0: ah there you go there you, got... oh, you have to check out this shit out man this is really really cool uh, We're going to probably kick off with a great question that I thought of about two hours ago. And, um... <laughs> lots a big, naughty question, <laughs> But I've got a fucking kick-ass question. <laughs> I'm putting myself out. I don't know if you watch wrestling, but they do this thing called a promo and a work and it puts themselves over the crowd. And so, uh, yeah, ultimate uh, yeah, heel right now.
2: Yeah, who's the, who's the heel and who's the face of you two?
0: Uh, I would like to think I'm the face because I'm the best at everything, and Dan was the worst at everything.
2: He's <laughs> the bumbling heel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what the fans always say. You guys are losers. You don't get how good I am. That's easy job. That's
1: easy job, and I don't have to do it. the worse. I am the better. I am so I can't complain with what I got. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're going to talk about yeah. your. Uh, funny enough, you guys
0: actually are recording right now. and I'm pretty excited by it. Have you guys changed anything going into the writing process and that? like is your comedy kind of coming into the writing more or that's a,
2: that's a big thing that I won't do almost on principle is that like my comedy is my comedy and my music's my music. And so there's every sort of opportunity I get to be funny in comedy and I really, I don't ever want it to, I mean, I don't think I'll get successful that successful in either, but I don't ever want it to be like, Oh, it's the comedian is the singer of that band or it's the, it's the singer from that band trying his hand at comedy. Like they're, they're, two separate things for me. So, and so, but like, you know, when I'm on stage with the band, I can make it, I can get a crowd to laugh because I sort of know how to do it, but I don't ever go up there doing material or doing gear or writing for the show. It's just like, I like performing and that's how it sort of comes out. But yeah, there's no like, there's no joke lyrics or anything like that. But in terms of the writing itself, like the band has had a huge shakeup recently just because we've got two new members now. And, so, like, me being the new vocalist, I'm going to sound different so the band sound's going to change and I'm a different writer to Jules, like, lyrically. Mm. And we've also got Chris The Malco in now from, who's the singer, guitarist, songwriter of Orpheus Omega. And so there's this new sort of vibe where and then, like he's not writing stuff that sounds like orpheus cuz he's really worried about that comparison so he's writing all this new stuff that's completely outside of what he's used to doing and i don't know we don't, we're not we're not really going in there with a with a mindset of having to achieve something or having to get you know a certain quotient of riffs in there and then we need to have the album sound like this we're just sort of writing and if it sounds good it sounds good and if it and so sort of like if it sounds bad we don't do it And if it sounds good we then go all oh, right is this something we want to put the eye of the enemy name onto yeah and we've also got of different opinions on that like i'm much more because i listen to a lot of um like dillinger escape plan daughters psyopus uh sleepy time gorilla museum weird shit weird odd stuff um there's a band called extra life fucking amazing band I'm much more into the idea of never limiting yourself before something is done because then you can always move somewhere in the future. If you start saying, no, we can't do this type of drum beat or we can't do this type of riff, then I I think you're limiting yourself Awkwardly because you you define what the band stands for and sounds like. By definition, it's whatever we decided to be. We can put out a jazz record and mm-hmm. call it Art the Enemy. And that by definition is what it's called. But that's fucking easy for me to say because I haven't written two albums with the guys before. Yeah. And so they're also coming from a completely legit standpoint where they go, No, we've got a sound and we've got something we want to achieve and what we want to do. And at the moment sort of like, you know, meeting in the middle. And I think it's easier for us, because I'm not a guitarist. So I'm not coming up with riffs that sort of feel out of place for them. I'm just putting my own stamp on top of it, meeting them in the middle to make sure the, the riffs still sound good. Because we're a riff band. We're a guitar-driven band. So I do know my role. That.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Stam, they look pretty. So is there like a um, I guess, a bit of a pressure that you want to sound different because you have the two new members, you feel like you should be different, but also… You don't want to be too far away from what you sound like before, because you don't want to upset the fans. Do you feel like there's a pressure there?
2: Yeah, there's a there's a weird pressure from both sides, but I think that pressure only applies if you put it on yourself. I think that you could you could really worry yourself sick about both things if you let it. But I think you just got to have faith that you know you've you, you established a fan base not because you were writing to them, but because you were writing. For something else, whatever it was, like every band starts without a fan base, and you get them by doing. And so, if you just keep doing, then you should potentially keep the fans sort of happy. Yeah. But I think, I think as well, like I've not felt any pressure to sound or do a certain thing um, or sound a certain way. So I'm just, I just feel like I've got to do what I've got to do in the way that I do it. And I know there'll be some people out there that don't like what I do, and I, whatever, that's fine. I've done comedy long enough now that it's. I'm I'm quite adapted dealing with people calling me a fuckhead and not enjoying what I do.
1: <laughs>
0: I can't imagine that, Mitch. I reckon uh, <laughs> I reckon they're all fans,
1: man. Yeah, but that's more of a compliment medal. Some someone calls you a fuckhead, like, yeah, I'm awesome, thanks man. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the learning curve
2: when I started doing comedies. It's like, Oh, you can't do that when you have a comedy. that just that's that bums people out in the comedy room. People get into it if you're in a metal gig, but telling people to kill each other on an <laughs> open mic night on a
1: Wednesday. Yeah. That's go so well. Not a Wednesday, maybe a, like a Friday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a say, crowd. yeah. Friday crowd. Friday comedy is brutal, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, I was going to ask about the with the Vengeance Paradox in particular. Now, there was an idea around that evil begets evil. That was kind of the theory going around the, the, the album itself. Like you said, it's like a serious kind of tone and you leave the comedy out of it. Now, have you come up with themes in that in mind for your new album that you're recording at the moment? Or what is it... We-
2: yeah, no, we've got this. Um, we've got this working idea that I'm not going to get into so much now, but it's 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 been really cool that we've got a very sort of literal story that probably won't make it into the lyrics, but we're all sort of writing towards it, and we just know when something doesn't fit. And yeah. so it's a and what I mean like a literal story, not that it happened, but just that there's this there's this constant running narrative of a couple and, like, the type of fights that they have or the type of relationship that they have or whatever it sort of is. And it's just, like, there's not a, there's not a start, middle, and end to this story that we've got. But whenever we're talking about riffs or what we should do sound-wise or what this song sort of could represent or what this section means, it's all in relation to this story. So we're not talking about what notes sound good. We're talking about how it sort of feels, what, what those two are doing, and that riff means that. If you know what I mean. So like, you know, I know. Like, yeah. Like one of the, one of the original things that we had before this is I, I said to Kano, our guitarist, like, I want you to write a song that feels like you wake up in the middle of the night to someone being in your house and you go up to confront them and you start a fight with them. And very quickly you realize that you're going to lose.
1: Wow, okay. I want to, I
2: want I want the the metal equivalent of that feeling of, oh fuck, he's bigger and stronger and more powerful than me. I'm gonna get totally fucked up in this and I'm committed now. And so it's like that. We're talking about all these riffs and how they sort of fit together with that sort of more yeah. um, literal but also artistic sort of framework Dude. instead of just like, oh, that's a brutal bit let's just do that. Yeah.
0: The only way this could be even more of a teaser if I went to Hoyt Cinema and I would go on those trailers and it'll be like, coming this fall, Mitch Alexander <laughs> has a guy coming into his house. Is he going to defeat him? Find out in summer 2016. Yeah. There's
2: yeah. <laughs> 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 that like lightning flashes. look on my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's that like guy who does the Transformers movies, man. Great action scenes and everything but yeah, Megan Fox is in it so he gives a shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but then it cuts to like a nice scene for no reason. It's like, oh, you just could yeah. attention. Yeah, they'd be like the,
2: the bum 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 yeah. bum bum and there's like and there's like Mina
1: Parker it's like yeah can get any work yeah. exactly symbolism yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are, you gonna write, are you gonna write a song about that?
2: Maybe, that maybe that's what we'll do for an album
1: teaser we'll do it like it's a
2: movie
0: uh, just, oh. j- just put Superman Brothers as your producer with it and we'll yeah. be fine for the royalties just give you idea <laughs> uh, creative
1: consultants yeah yeah. yeah we'll see what we can get we nearly had our first exclusive and you then you then tore it away from our hands so oh, that's right.
2: I, can, I can give you I can give you an the, um, hopeful exclusive.
1: Oh, okay. um, a new
2: one. So there's an idea that I want to do, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's going to come through. But it's a you'll know when you see it. It's a take on the um, lyrical videos that bands right. continue to do. Um, sometimes for no good reason because some of the lyrics that bands have are fucking awful. <laughs> there's no reason to there's no reason to promote that. Yeah. But um yeah I'm hoping to I'm hoping to get something going with the band that um. That'll probably be maybe the first thing that we release coming off of
0: this CD. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye something out for special it. There. We'll even put it on our old page for you. We'll, we'll put you guys over, mate. Yeah, no, Hulk Hogan's Hogan. of the music variety, man.
1: Yeah. I can dig it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I see coming from a philosophical background. I guess you can really um, develop, I guess, the songs and the lyrics more of a storyline that like you suggested. You guys actually going to do a... I guess, like Dream Theater, do you have like concept albums, I guess, just based on f- philosophical ideas? or Yeah,
2: probably not. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, Nicest I, way of saying, go shove yourself
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> it's called Friday
1: <laughs> no. Night, Mitch.
2: I've, I've, done, I've done a concept album uh, with my last band, that band that I was putting the stickers on the toilets for. We did a concept album about the letter Q. So okay. I think I burnt out on concept albums very quick.
1: Did you, like, did, you relate like, did you relate into like pool cues and waiting in line cues as well? Like, did you get like very, no. Like, no, no, it's, it's just the letter Q. Just the letter Q. It was, it, was,
2: it was legitimately and literally just about the letter Q. So there were songs about um, like the constant anxiety of having to be attached to someone like you. Oh, nice. Was That's the, clever. That's clever. There were... What was the other one? Oh, there was the jealousy from the versatility of a, another weird letter like X. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: It was just like, like shit like that. It was... Just, we were that type of fucked band. Yeah. Um, I guess I
1: guess the worst thing about Q as well is like in the alphabet, P comes with 4Q, so you're always like looking at each other's face and that would build up anxiety yeah, and it's well. Yeah, it's just yeah. awkward.
2: Or you just, look, you just look like a weird O, like the capital U, the capital Q is just this... It's like a military badge on it. But yeah. Anyway, I... Lyrically speaking, I like to keep things sort of poetic, as wanky as that sounds, and vague. I like writing like that. So, like, I'm a a huge fan of um, Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. I really love his lyrics and I don't like the idea. It's hard enough when I'm writing a song that I'm stuck within three minutes of having to write to that certain theme. So, again, there's there's a through line with this album and that comes out musically and there's a through line lyrically but it's not going to be a, like, chronological blow-by-blow of events. It's going to all relate in a way that makes sense sort of at the end. But also, each song can stand lyrically on its own sort of, um, on its own path.
1: It's kind of like a Quentin Tarantino movie.
2: Uh, not even that. I, I'd oh. say it's more like those, um, those, you know, like when people release, like, 15-minute documentaries and they come in a bundle. Right.
1: But uh-huh. they've all got the
2: one theme of, like, loss. Or, yeah, you know, okay. Regret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they will yeah. all sort of meet up. Yeah, I was um I was originally because I liked the um like the philosophy side of it. I've really enjoyed sort of incorporating that into the lyrics in terms of you know philosophical ideas and quotes from other philosophers and whatnot. And I really liked the idea of um, in the lyric booklet having like quotes like in Harvard style for the lyrics. Ah, and then yeah. a band called Silent Planet did that recently on their YouTube. Clips in the lyrics, and I thought, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Oh.
0: <laughs> that, that, that idea is lame. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that's shit. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't do it. Oh Jesus. I'm glad yeah. did. Actually, we're going to move on to uh, some what-if scenarios now. So we're just going to chuck you like some scenarios that may not ever happen, but you know, people want to know these questions, these answers.
1: Yeah, the first one, I guess, like there's a game which people play calls it Snog, Marry and Kill, but we, yeah. we have our own version of that. It's um, out of the three bands we have decided suit you the best. We have yeah. Lamb of God, Fear Factory and Meshuggah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So out of those three bands, which band would you like to uh, headline for? <laughs> which band would you like to tour with? And, <laughs> and which band would you like to see broken up? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's our version. Um, All
2: oh, right, I think... What were the bands again? Lamb of God.
0: Oh, he's buying time.
2: Lamb <laughs> of, no, of God. Lamb of God with sugar and fear, fear factory. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Fear Factory can break up Because we've already toured with them Oh nice oh, <laughs> Clever we already, we already did that show So that's, that's, that's an out I'm fine with that nice. that's, um, no, no, no bearing on the band whatsoever But I've done <laughs> do, that
0: Do you know you're a dick S- See you later
2: So uh, Support I mean Lamb of God's coming up soon too So I'm going to say If anyone in Adelaide's listening For the solo show of Lamb of God Wouldn't mind chucking on support on that yeah. But that said That I wouldn't dare headline over sugar Like not only could I not do that because they're, they're they're one of my favourite bands of all time. Um, I wouldn't dare presume I could headline over that. Nor would I want to. I don't think the fans would like it. I don't think it's uh yeah. No, I can headline over
1: Lemongod. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, you could do a sugar because then I come to LA. So we don't care about it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we're we being, being children. Nah, boo sugar. Yeah. Fuck, it's a running joke with a whole bunch of
2: friends of mine that just. As soon as any tour is announced, no matter what, it's like, oh, no, Adelaide, even when there's Adelaide.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide or Perth. We deserve um, yeah. it. We are more bipolar than uh, any di- doctor can diagnose a patient to be. Like, we might go to a show that no one wants to go to, and we might go to Miss Metallica. Like, it's just, yeah. like, who knows? Isn't it, um,
2: isn't it a big thing in Adelaide, though, like, at least more than anywhere else, that you don't buy tickets until the day of? That's is right. that a big thing?
1: It's yeah. either they sell it in the first like couple of days or week, or you don't buy until like the last day or week. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: fuck that. You can't base a business on that. Get it together out of that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You just release the tickets two weeks before your tour. And and then you you cover all bases.
2: I understand. That's not how it works. Uh, I don't know how we'll get around this. We'll use logic. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so, So we're going to move on to a super group now. As the rage, some labels like to get let's say like one album of just full of musicians from stolen bands and make a super right. group, right? Now, yeah. you're, you're the leader of this band. You're the singer. Who are the three or four other members that you want to align yourself with to write one hell of an album with?
2: What I do is I put myself on drums instead because I used to. Ah, oh.
1: <laughs> oh, nice.
2: Because I want to be in a band with Jens from The Sugar and Greg from Dillinger. Oh, I want okay. them on dual vocals.
1: <laughs>
0: What would you get though? That'd be chaos. It'd be fucking
2: amazing, wouldn't it? Just have that roaring under, undertone of Yen's with the screeching and screaming of Greg on top. It's like a car Fuck crash. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Um, it'd be a, It'd be like a Norma Jean chariot style band because I can drum that because I used, I used to be a drummer. I reckon I could still pull that off. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so the, pro- the problem I've got now is that like anyone else in the band, I'm like, well, I'd want Liam from Dillinger. I'd want Ben and um, Frederick from Sugar and Dillinger. <laughs> so I just want those guys. I no, would. Um, you know what? There's the um, the singer guitarist from Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. I'd want him in the band in some capacity just to make sure he was
0: writing. Oh okay. oh, okay. Yeah, Don't that's actually that. a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Actually, funny enough, the one thing that comes to mind if we were to to combine Meshuggah and Dillinger, the first track of Chaosphere would be the closest thing to, in my head that would remind me of it. But concertation. Uh, yeah, that's right. Have you Have you heard the
2: remix of that song? No. So on rare tracks, um, which is like a, a release of like some live songs and some weird shit. Sugar did a remix of, that, of their song where they slowed that down and that's without a doubt their best song they've ever done.
0: Wow.
2: And it's just this grinding, groovy, fucking amazing song and it's a remix of the opening track.
0: Wow. So it sounds like something from Coloss or something rather than something. Kinda, different. yeah. It's just it's just got the
2: perfect groove. It's the it's probably my favourite song of all time.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, very um, nice.
2: it's really, it's really good. I mean, if I had to if I had to be the singer of that band, it'd still be. I think I'd probably get um, the first drummer from Korn because he's like the guy that got me into music. Wow. David David Silveira, whatever his name is. He's apparently a Trump supporter, I found out the other
1: day. Yeah, oh. never meet your heroes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, know,
2: I know. I have no desire to meet anyone in metal because it's just like, you guys just do good music and you be over there. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's I was right.
0: lucky because I met Jeff Loomis, right? And I was like, please don't be a jerk face. And I and the first time I actually met him outside and I couldn't say anything, I was like one of those teenage girls like, Ehh. but the second time <laughs> I met him, I went up to him and said like, you know, gush. and he just didn't know how to take it. He's like, you could tell he was so humble that he felt yeah. uncomfortable hearing a compliment because he's one of those guys who'd beat himself like to death with a whip saying I'm not getting yeah. that scale fast enough or I'm rah 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 so- I think
2: a lot of a lot of the bigger bands like uh, people just assume that they're assholes but it's just that like they are people too and some people just can't take compliments and if you're getting compliments every day of your life and then getting yeah. on stage and people are screaming at you like it's going to be weird. I just yeah. I, there was something I remember from ages ago. There was this um there was this band in Melbourne. They're still around doing amazing things called um Electric Dynamite. They started as like a glam rock meets metalcore. Um it was so. fucking cool. But yeah. their old singer Ryan, who turned into a friend of mine, before I met him, I'd heard that he was such an asshole. He's such a he's such a dick to people. And then when I met him, it's like, no, the dude's just shy. Like the yeah, dude just okay. doesn't like thinking that he's, you know, hot shit. And so, like, when I'm hanging out with him and people coming up to him being like, oh, dude, you're so fucking cool. That was such a good show. That's amazing. And he's like, oh, yeah, th- th- thanks. <laughs> it, really, it really does look like, if you don't know him, it looks like he's just looking for an excuse to ignore you. Oh, but no. it's like, no, he's so stoked that he's just, he's really embarrassed and awkward. Yeah. And I just reckon if you, if you combine that, like, with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of more adoring fans and, like, hard drugs like cocaine it's just going to create a person that's just not <laughs> adapted dealing with it yeah,
1: yeah I guess so. I mean I would be really hard being like someone who's famous because like everybody knows your name but you don't know anyone's name I know that's like trippy out after a while you're like oh fuck I didn't know my name oh that's right I'm
2: famous. <laughs> that, that works for me anyway though because I don't remember people's names anyway like, oh, I don't, every fair. job I've had it's just hey bud hey guy <laughs> I don't give a fuck
0: you're
1: know my, you know my bud guy <laughs> hey you
0: um, I wanted to know like I know a lot of my friends are like oh you know that band that would be so good but it's so heavy and rah 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 and it's screamy. Is there a certain band for you though in Mail that's just too heavy? Like you hear, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't get it. Like it just blows your mind. Or are you just really cool with everything?
2: No, I am. Um, I, I used to. It was actually Meshuggah were the first band that. When I, actually it was um, Behemoth at one point. I was like, that's way too heavy. When I was like 16, I yep. heard Slave Shall Serve. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not, no, no, <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> um, and then also when I first heard Parkway Drive, I was only listening to like new Metal. And then I heard that and I'm like, holy shit, that's so heavy, you are. Yeah. And then someone showed me sugar and I couldn't listen to them for more than a couple of songs at first without getting a headache. And I was like, no, nah, I just don't. Yeah. Like, a literal, like, it's too low. It's too pounding. I'm yeah. not... And then, I don't know, I, I just... I was like, no, this is good. I really want to listen to more of it. And so since then, it's just always sort of been like chase it, chasing the breakdown dragon. Like, I just... You can't get heavy enough for me. I want to find the next thing. Uh, There's bands like um, Admiral Angry who went on to be Black Sheep Wall and stuff like that. Like, they really stupidly heavy stuff yeah. and then there's like the the, the deathcore stuff which is kind of like fast food which <laughs> is just it's it's consistently a like solid seven, and it's never special, but you know what you're gonna get. Like,
0: yeah, know. we found that same way with certain bands like Nails and stuff. Like, they do one thing great for the minute and a half, but yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. No, I love that new Nails. I'm already. It's fucking great. So
0: did yeah. I. Daniel didn't, but that's okay. It's we got an album. V- Twenty-two Dan minutes. A fucking idiot. Wait, Mitch.
1: I tell you that business thing. Twenty-two minutes is not an album. All right, that's a commercial break. So Don't you. listen not to-, to you, man. <laughs> <My> <laughs> Boy, man. Listen here. You t- I know you're speaking from the future, so you think you're better than me, but guys uh, and Adelaide, but we'll catch up. We're only half an hour behind you, mate. Okay. Oh, Absolutely.
0: Um, so basically, the, the question on everyone's lips in this room particularly is Are uh, the enemy, touring, especially Adelaide. Now, we can't promise people will come, but if they were to... You know, has, has it come- what a sell. <laughs> that's right. Has, I know I'm a businessman. That's why everything's failed. Yeah. My relationships, my money, it's all gone. But wh- what would you say uh, to... Um, possibly coming to Adelaide. Has it come to your mind at all? No, yeah. definitely. We've
2: um I think the band a little while ago, like before I was in it, we did the is it the uh, Living Death Fest or there's a big festival there that the um New Dead Fest, yeah. Um fuck I keep thinking it's Sky on the Surface and it's not. Who's the who's the fucking band from Adelaide? Truth Karod. Uh, Truth Karod. Yes, 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 yes. Those guys. Yeah, they've they've had Eye of the Enemy open before and they've been good to us. Um it didn't line up this year for us. Oh, uh,
0: we're going to that. Never just mind. with
2: uh, just with Rod. How do you not know we're not on the bill? Like are you just going and then you can check the poster when you're there and
0: you're It's like, oh, <laughs> I just paid
2: fifty bucks. Who's on? All oh, these bands are shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're all they like- Nostradamus
0: or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like you seem to get things right. And we no, don't really know what we are talking about. They're all here.
1: Australian bands and they're all really good. <laughs> all right. yeah, it's a fucking, it's a
2: good festival. He curates it, it really well. And I think I think that might be the way to go with Adelaide is just to make sure you sort of, you know, space it out and make sure the packages are big. But yeah. Unfortunately for us it didn't work out this time but when we do do the national tour like adelaide's definitely going to be on it and we'd love to do that festival Sweet, like it is. You should, definitely
1: you should plan around the february january time because that's when our fringe is on so if you don't if yeah. you don't do well with enemy then you can always do your comedy routine so that's right yeah, that honestly, I, have, I,
2: I did want to do that like i i went to adelaide fringe a little while ago i didn't do a solo show but i was there doing gigs and i really want to come back but again it's super hard And especially, like, if you're, like, from both of my scenes, I know that, like, comedy sales are down for podcasts and festivals and metal sales are down for gigs. I have no idea how a fucking metal comedian will go. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: I'm doubling down on no ticket sales or I'm... Managing to snare just enough from both sides to get people in, but
1: I think Steve Hughes did come down a couple of years ago for the fringe. I'm not sure how well he went, but he, he did come down, so I guess someone's broken a bit of ice for you.
2: I mean, like, names, names like him are fine though, like people like him, Will Anderson, Dave Hughes, like the big It's like Adelaide Fringe is fine for them, but it's those yeah. middle and low tier comedians. The same with the bands, yeah. like, yeah. If, if Slipknot went over there, which they're not, but if. They did, they'd be, they'd do fine. when I mean, they're not going to. But if
1: they did, you're rubbing it in now. <laughs> <laughs> you said, you said no, you said no, quite a bit in that so, sentence. Like, if if they, they did, they won't.
0: what do you, what else do you want? Yes. Yeah, we need. We need. I, need I the a enemy, sugar, and a hug right now because I know sugar ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Mitch. Before we leave and love and leave you today, is there anything you want to say about the band? Is there like a, an announcement for when the album is going to be done by, or are you guys doing more of a tour across the eastern states? Uh, what's going on with your camp until for next year? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> <Watch
1: me. laughs> at this stage at this stage it's
2: all just um it's the writing and recording, like just getting it sort of down. There's there is some business stuff that I can't get into that where like which I mean and th- this might be the first time anyone's ever said that. With the caveat being that it's all positive, it's all good, but just with like stuff we can't talk about, non-disclosure and shit that we're working on now. Which you know might not turn into anything, but it might be really fucking amazing if it comes through. That's right. Um, yeah, at this stage we're really just focusing on that. So if like good tours come up and we get the offer, then we're going to go for it. But I mean, either that or if it turns out that this takes like you know we're not going we're not going to sit around for two and a half years from now if it actually keeps getting stretched out. So if we actually have that like a space in time. We're like, fuck it, let's just go on tour. Let's go over there. But we can, we're, we're definitely, we've got the national tour set. Um, we've got some really good offers to go back to Asia and China. And I'm really keen to go back to China. I love wow. the place. It was amazing. Wow. Um, didn't expect to like it at all. I was dreaming it the whole time that I loved it. Doing that, I mean and we are looking at eventually getting to Europe and America as well. Like that's the that's the plan, that's the dream. Why would you why would you not?
1: I guess you guys are gonna be doing any more of the uh, speed dating with i of the enemy on your old Facebook page?
2: No, uh, we were are done with that. The the response was uh, underwhelming to say the least. Uh, so. oh, they're
0: just, they're, they're, you're getting a, a lot of the young guys confused about their sexuality, so <laughs> uh, I wouldn't
1: feel too bad. Yeah. Not confused, just exploring. Oh, it. it is springtime after all. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Well, look, Mitch, we really, really appreciate you being on our show today. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, best of luck with not only your comedy, but also your band. We are massive fans. And are we pre ordering? Please have a pre order for your new album because I want a shirt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> See, yeah,
2: we'll be, we'll be pre ordering. Uh, yeah. you, yeah, oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. No. Don't leave out no. <laughs> yeah. you right away. <laughs> You're this is it's... what you get <laughs> We only it really... we release it and We'll have something Where you have to put in Your, your postcode and If yeah, the postcode
1: yeah. is From anywhere in <laughs> South Australia You can only buy it on the day Yeah it's like okay. Sorry you're from
0: Adelaide That means you're a
1: jerk The end <laughs> So that old Yeah Sanford episode Where Lane was a really good fish But she lives like On the street over <laughs> <laughs> She has to like Walk down the road To get it are we, are, we, are, we, are, we, are we on a border town? Are we on a border town? Yeah, no, I, I live here in, in Victoria. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. <laughs> Hello, you go, fellow Victorians. Yeah. You like to dance? Dance, dance.
0: dance. Would you like to
1: dance? <laughs> is, it, is it Derby, oh, you shit. say? <laughs> derby, dance. I'm from
0: Geelong. This is what people in Geelong do. <laughs>
1: Melbourne, Melbourne, <laughs> I'm Melbourneian. Mel- yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well, if all else fails, you can just put this podcast up a Fringe. I'm sure you get three <laughs> likes. <that. laughs> all right, no, dude. Thanks for having me on, man. No, no worries. Look, really uh, it, guys, If yeah, anyone out there in Radio Land, please check Eye of the enemy out. That was Ninja Alexander, so Thank you for that too. Well, thank yeah. you very much. All right, so guys, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening, and catch you next time.